Saint Jerome, the great father of a church, tells us that there are four Gospels, but there is a fifth one, and this is the very place where our Lord lived, the Holy Land. Tourism is something that takes you away from your life. A pilgrimage is something that takes you to the essence of your life. Time machines, they're things of fiction. A pilgrimage is an opportunity to walk in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we dedicate this episode to a trip of a lifetime, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land with the Heralds of the Gospel. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. So, Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. So, we're here today. This program, as advertised, is about to deal with the Holy Land and the different places that Catholic people can go on a pilgrimage. And why is this? Well, because the Heralds of the Gospel are actually organizing a Lenten pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It's happening on February the 27th to March the 7th, 2024. And of course, uh, I mean, it's to invite you, right, that we do this program, but also for those who are maybe not going uh, to have an idea about how the Holy Land is. And for those who have been the joy of uh, being there, at least, you know, it's possible to share with you some aspects of the phenomenal places that the Holy Land has to offer. Absolutely. So here we go, and we have an itinerary, of course. Father, but first of all, let's start with the theology of this, no? Pilgrimage. Why is pilgrimage an important part in the uh, spirituality of a Catholic person? Because actually our life on earth is a pilgrimage. We start in a certain point in history, in a certain point of our families, in a certain point of our life, which is uh, for us um, point zero. Hmm? And then we move ahead, we move ahead. But the destination is something fantastic. The destination is much higher than the, the, the parting point. And uh, Jesus wants us to do this pilgrimage on earth in order to invite us to a great pilgrimage in heaven. So to go to places um, that are part of our pilgrimage on earth, we, we need to choose them well. And if we're going to choose a place to go in our pilgrimage on earth, I think that there's no better place in the world that you can go than the Holy Land. Because it's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was there. So we are going to meet him somehow. Being there, you're going to have an encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ, in, uh, at least in place. Hmm? And trying to go back in time to be with him in those same places. This is something absolutely extraordinary. But also, Father, and, and, and this time probably we can throw it, Brother Justin, in Brother Justin's side, no? Because, Brother Justin, you have been to the Holy Land as well, right? I have. It was about five or six years ago. I was, I was in the Holy Land, and uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity that marks your life. It, it imprints an image of the Gospels into a certain element of your soul, which every time that you hear passages, certain passages in particular, come up, they, they bring forward the remembrances and images in, in a way that a, a video, yeah. uh, a live stream, a photograph never can. No, because you have not been there. You are seeing something that somebody else saw, but it's not part of your life. There were little things that we did on our pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. um, I say little in quotes, but for me, they were very profound. One was that we had a boat trip on the Sea of Galilee. Wow. And once you're on there and you feel buffeted by the winds that blow and the, the swell of the water going up and down, and everything begins to make sense. Of course. Every of course. sermon well-spoken mm -hmm. becomes highlighted. Unfortunately, some of the more poorly constructed ones get debunked. The size of the Sea of Galilee, it's huge. The smell of the water, um, everything about it. The atmosphere. No? The atmosphere. And, and we're there 2,000 years after the man-god walked on it. Because it's the same water, the same wind, the same scenario, the same mountains. So you, you are living. Another thing also for me that was also was very impressive was that we were able to uh, be at the Sea of Galilee when the sun came up in the morning. Wow. 
Again, many of the, uh, the the gospel stories recount this very point. It was early in the morning, and that element of being on the water, knowing that the apostles would have been fishing at that time. Exactly. Jesus would have encountered them. Uh, the, the the story of the Messe Christi, the, the part where our Lord makes them breakfast. Wow. And when you visit that site and all of those images, it becomes very overwhelming at times. Of course, it does. But also, if we go back to the question of pilgrimage, somehow it also settles us in the right spirituality. You know, Father, because uh, when we are on pilgrimage here on earth, we don't want to be settlers. And the idea of being a worldly person is not if you use, you know, Pierre Cardin or, I don't know, Prada or whatever it may be, but rather is that you want to remain here forever instead of going to heaven. And that notion comes alive, no, when we go on a pilgrimage, because in the end of the story, life itself is a pilgrimage. Exactly, you have to move on. Have to you, move on. We're not born to stay where we are forever and be stuck in, in, in a situation, no. Uh, we're, we're called to move on and, and to go ahead, and there is always hope in the Christian life. There's something better coming. You see something in the Old Testament, um, whenever the the peoples of God, um, begin to go off tracks. Mm -hmm. They find a plain area and so. they establish themselves. We have the case of the Tower of Babel. You have the seven cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. um, even Ur, right? Mm -hmm. Where Abraham, exactly. he, Abraham is called out to 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 end up living the rest of his life that was on a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage. <laughs> that was a pilgrimage. <laughs> Going down to Egypt, back up, and then his children are also called to the same life exactly. lifestyle. So I think it's important for us to understand that element. And being in the Holy Land, the be, touching the actual stones, that is a, a sensation <laughs> which is beyond exactly beyond anything. So the cherry of a, a life of somebody is when he moves from the place where he is and he's going to another place. To, to new to know uh, another place that is linked to what God wants of him absolutely I, and I think also the question of pilgrimage has been a part of the Christian uh, spirituality since uh, the very beginning but once it was no longer illegal to be Christian again it's very important to understand it it, yeah. it was illegal to be Christian exactly. um, people began making pilgrimages to the Holy Land. So you're talking early 300s, already making Precisely. pilgrimages. Um, and in places, in cities like um, Nazareth and other ones, they had areas which were foreigners that would, like, basically inns that people would come to stay weeks as they were on pilgrimage. So the idea that pilgrimage is a modern invention is really false. Uh, it's, it's something which is part of our Christian existence. The mother of Constantine, no? Oh, she, Helena, absolutely. She did a tremendous pilgrimage. She went to the Holy Land and she brought... She, but she was the, a the, the wonderful, cross. wonderful saint because no, she no, had no, the power no, and the possibility. Yeah. She was a Christian you know, queen mother. So yeah. as a result, she used all the powers she had to build phenomenal basilicas. That's phenomenal one of the interesting things is that they emphasize, or they calumate, I would say calumate, but um, they, they say Constantine founded the Catholic Church and that is, that is unhistorical, etc. Of course. But the the amount of work that St. Helen did in the Holy Land, establishing the churches in the sites, exactly. is something, such a gift to future generations, which there is no way of paying her back for that. Because she, invest, instead of being, you know, your idea of being mundane, right, of, of just living off of that wealth that she had, uh, she acquired from her son becoming the only emperor, she invested I don't even know how much money in finding and refining all those sites in the Holy Land. And that today's sites are built basically on those foundations that she mm -hmm. built. Of course, we owe her a lot. No, but not only that, what was interesting too is that the whole continuity and how people know why those places are really those and it's not somewhere else, right? And the, 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 the tradition was that for the first, what, 100, 200 years, right, there was a continuity of Catholic bishops. And those bishops established those places for, for veneration and so on. Then there came Emperor Adrian. And then after the two revolts that happened there in the Holy Land, the, the Jews revolted against the Romans twice, right? One in the year 70, one in the year 135. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? 
Emperor Adrian decided to specifically destroy or, you know, <laughs> what, um, yeah, desecrate, right? Mm -hmm. The places that were more, uh, the, the, the Catholics care the most. Exactly. So, for instance, on top of the Holy Sepulchre, he built a pagan temple. Mm -hmm. And so he went to all the places that were meaningful to Christians and he desecrated them somehow. But then he made a favor because he left a mark, right? <laughs> of course. Of where exactly the place was. <laughs> so the now devil we, bit his own tail. Yeah. So now we have several hundred years more of uh, certainty that the place was there. And when the Byzantine Empire came, they built their basilicas on top of those places. So to mark again for several hundred years, hundreds of years, uh, the, the, the true reality of where these places are. That's nice. So there's no doubt located. of the location of the, of the, of the holy places. Huh? Of course, some guides, you know, that when you go there to the Holy Land, some guides will say, oh, well, we don't know if it was here. We're talking about hundreds of meters. That's of course. Exactly. Because the place... No, it's, it's not yeah. far. I mean, it might not be exactly at this very yeah. spot. Of course. But, but it could be, you know, 15 feet the other way. Yeah. But you're on the area. Of course, of course, of course. But happens, for instance, and we're going to go in, in a moment into into the, the yeah. itinerary, you know, but just, just to continue with what Brother Justin is saying, for instance, the place of the baptism of Jesus, right, that is mm. traditionally, you know, in a, in a, in the Jordan River, that is, nowadays, is, is very brown, you know, that part of Jordan River. Well, you have the, the, the leftovers of a, a Byzantine basilica. <laughs> so that's why people tend to go it's exactly in that exactly. corner because no that is where exactly. yeah, the place must have been so it's really and they really keep beautiful. what's interesting also is that as they're upkeeping the churches that are there uh, they uncover more ruins that are older so it's mm. it's not like they won't be building in the middle of the wilderness in the year let's say 400 a mosaic uh, stone church just because they felt like doing so. There was a necessary reason. It was, there was true reason for doing so. Of course. But the Holy Land is a place so intense that every day they're still finding things. Uh, last year they found, you know, the rests of uh, some, uh, you know, writings in stone saying uh, how the Queen of Sheba had come to visit King David. And they just found it right there where pilgrims passed by. And it's just something amazing. Well, they were building at one point, they were building a subway. <laughs> A disaster. They say those type of things are disastrous because yeah. the minute they start digging, they have to stop. Um, yeah. You're going to find the Jebusites, uh, you know, just oh, right there. Okay, but let's go, let's go to our itinerary. I think for the, for the audience that is watching a little bit, we're going to try, I hope, at the point of addition that we can also come up with some pictures. But, um, so in the very first day after we arrived to the, to the, the only, um, airport that is there in, yeah. in, 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 in the Holy Land is in Tel Aviv. Then we move straight to Nazareth. And Nazareth, let me tell you, is really a phenomenal place because the basilica is built exactly on top of the place of the Annunciation. So you have a phenomenal altar there and you can go and pray as much as you wish. You know, our pilgrimage, thanks be to, to, to the organizers and also to some foreseeing, right? Give time for you to see everything and to pray actually in the places yeah. we go. So, uh, I mean, Nazareth for, for those who haven't been there is really a phenomenal place. You also have the place where St. Joseph used to work. In the where his workshop, you know, is believed to 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 to, to be, and it's also the church of Saint Joseph. That's where the word of God became flesh. No? Yeah. So well, that, yes, that's, everything starts. Huh? So in Nazareth, I imagine that at night also must be absolutely fantastic. They have a rosary at night, which our group is going to participate every every night that uh, that are there. They they pray a rosary, and you can be exactly praying no, in the very very place of the exactly. under the same stars, the same places, you know. The, uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No, it's really, really, really beautiful. Um, the, well, the hotel is there, so for those who, who, who are going to be part of this, uh, it's really beautiful because for several nights we are in, uh, yeah. in, uh, in Nazareth. And just steps from the place where we are, we are you know, sleeping overnight, you also have the well of Mary. Oh. It's a place where our lady used to go, according to tradition, and um, carry water. That's what I'm going to, to drink some water there, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, but then, you know, we are already, Nazareth is part of Galilee. Eh? 
So we move a little bit further up and then we actually, the next day, we're going to be all around Galilee. And uh, everything starts in the, in the, at the wedding feast of Cana on mm. that day. Eh? We are uh, at the church, right? That also has several uh, leftovers from the time, right? And uh, actually families, couples, no, they can renew their, their uh, marriage, vows. marriage vows, right? And it's a beautiful ceremony. And it's really a place that is very quaint but uh, really very nice to to walk around and to... And I to think we should read the gospel, no? Uh, and the, describing the event, because that event was extremely important and full of meaning, full, full Absolutely. of meaning. You know, uh, the, just the fact that um, it was our Lord Jesus Christ who provided the wine. As you know, the the uh, the weddings in, in those times, it was the, the bridegroom responsibility to provide the wine. So the fact that he provided the wine, he was saying to us, I am the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And I came for a big wedding of God and his people. And this wedding is just a small representation of an extraordinary event that is going to happen uh, through history and especially at the end of time. The, 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 the last event um, after the last judgment, it will be the a great wedding of the word and the and his people and also the fathers of a church tell us this no father that uh, at a certain moment he's changing the water of the old testament into the wine of the new exactly testament. so he's marking also the, the, the passage of to another but also epoch. don't forget the generosity because of course our lord didn't have to do anything it wasn't his wedding but yeah. His generosity is such that they, he gets them to fill up all of these amphires, which are absolutely huge. And he gives them the best wine. We're talking about 600 liters of wine. Mm. I mean, this, mm. is, this is an amazing amount. And that generosity is something that's very important because when we pray and we ask God for our needs and what have you, we, a lot of times we have a very um, dry, very uh, sad position towards God. And we believe that God is stingy. Yeah. But this is a proof that if we ask something, even as simple as our daily necessities, through the intercession of Our Lady, then we'll get it, and much more. Precisely. So immediately after, we go to another place that is absolutely fantastic, which is the Mount Tabor, wow. the place of the Transfiguration. Amazing. Mount Tabor is about 500 and something meters high. Right, it's a, it's a mount, but but this is imp, you know just it's really stands <laughs> stands well there in that place. Yeah. It dominates the whole valley of, of the of the plain of Jezreel, and Jezreel is exactly where the Armageddon at the time of uh, you know the the end of times is is uh, corroborated by all traditions that that follow you know the the sacred scripture. Uh, this is the place, no? and it's actually fabulous because you also have a little town right in the outskirts of the mountain. It's called Diburia, and Diburia is where Deborah was oh, born, right? The judge, yeah, the judge. And that's where the famous battle be against Sisera happened, right there, where God, by the way, paralyzed in the mud all the chariots uh, of, of of the. King Yabin, I think is his name, and then they all were defeated. But that, 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 that's for another another pilgrimage. Yes. But when we go up to the to Mount Tabor, Father, what a what a blessing! Because you can see there, of course, Mass is going to be celebrated everywhere. Father, you're going to be of celebrating course, Mass no, there. Of course, if we can celebrate Mass on, on Mount Tabor, it will be fantastic. Place is a transfiguration right away. Absolutely, but the view from there is so. Impressive. And the wind, this is so fresh. Impressive. No, no, yeah. you have the impression, like it is a piece of heaven. Uh, it, it, and the basilica that there is very, very old, very beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very amazing. Well, then we come down <laughs> from the Transfiguration, and we actually go to a place marked by the presence of St. Paul, which is Caesarea. Caesarea that is right beside the ocean. I have to remind the ones that are watching that there are two Caesareas. One is Caesarea, yeah. and that is up in, in Philippi. Caesarea Philippi. In that place, our Lord gave the keys to St. Peter. But this one, no. This one was a famous port that was the access to the Holy Land, no, for the, for the, for the Roman times. And it's really fantastic. And uh, St. Paul was there and you have, you know, it's, it's really, 
the, the reminders are phenomenal, especially that the arena they have, uh, and also uh, an amphitheater that is absolutely impressive. And many Christians in the beginning, when they went to Europe, uh, uh, the surgery that they went through there. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the port of, of the time. There was a port of the time. And, and it's really a very, very nice place to see. You still can see also ruins of the Crusader times. Oh, yes. They're really, really nice. You see that all around the Sea of Galilee. The, the, um, the majority of the encampments were in that area. Um, and you see them in the middle of mm -hmm. the town. You have a modern, even mo like a modern type town. Mm -hmm. And then you've got an arch that's there, a Norman arch. And then you have uh, a buttress that's just standing by itself independently. So it's, it's those elements that kind of ground you into a reality. Sorry. Very good. So let's continue to the next day, Father. The next day yes. brings us more to a place related to the ministry of Jesus in, uh, in, in everything he did. So the very first place is crossing the Sea of Galilee in, in, in the boat. We already were suggesting we're saying there, no, it's, it's really absolutely phenomenal. Because you see the waters, how placid they are, and how everything is close. Capernaum, the city, you know, where St. Peter mm -hmm. lived, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you see Magdala right across. You see the place of the multiplication of the, of the bread and fish. You see right there also the, the place of the uh, Sermon of the Mount. All of that is very, very close to Havana. Yeah, Decapolis, on the other side. On the other mm -hmm. side. But uh, specifically, we start in also, uh, after we come out of the boat, we go to Capernaum. And so Capernaum has that famous um, synagogue. It's only in ruins, ruins, huh? It's in ruins, actually it's built, I think the synagogue is from the 4th century, but the, the foundations are exactly, you know, of the, of the, of the, the foundations, you have the, the yeah. foundation of the synagogue of the time of Jesus. They actually found in the rubble um, a placard saying, the house of Peter. Wow. So, I mean, right. it's, 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 it's not like, oh, it's a bunch of dust in a corner. No. They're there. It's there. It, it, it's preserved. It's, it's beautiful it's, because the house of Peter was the house of Jesus, no? So the church, you know. The, well, the, that's the, where he cured, no? St. Peter's mother-in-law. Um, yeah, he, uh, mother he cured the mother-in-law. So wonderful. And he event. built, actually, the present church, which, well, you know, it's a church, one of those uh, modern churches. But anyway, yeah, and it's built right on top of the house of St. Peter. So. Really and they, they open the, uh, the roof no, to, to, uh, to bring down the, uh, uh, the paralytic. Uh, it was there. It was, it was in the house of St. Peter. So th that was the center of uh, Jesus' uh, apostolic operation in, in the area. No? And oh, then, then we have the, the, the big uh, speech in the synagogue of Capernaum. Mm on the the uh, the bread of life no? john so, 6 so john 6 so so everything happened there and, and it would be wonderful to read that passage of saint john at the same place where it happened no? i know and this is something that is it marks you know the, the pilgrimage with the heralds because we are going to give a lot of time and also you know we're going to be handing out uh, for, for for people to really read on the place right I mean, this is this is well. Anyway, very very beautiful. And so from there we move to Tabga, which is the traditional place of the multiplication of the bread and mm. the fish. And that's the in that that altar actually that they have in front of is straight inside of a small uh, chapel. Uh, there you have something very beautiful, which is the stone right where our Lord sat and also where he 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 cooked. You no, know, for that multiplication, you know, uh, it happened twice. And it's the most recorded event, maybe, in the life of Lord Jesus Christ, because the four uh, gospel writers, they, they, they mentioned them, and actually one was of the 5,000 that they were Jew, actually. It was for the, for the, the Jewish people. And then there was another one of the 4,000 that was for, uh, in the Gentile area, was for Gentiles. But the Lord did it twice. And uh, they, are, they are very well recorded in the, in the, in the gospels. Mm -hmm. But imagine you're at an event where everyone is hungry, everyone is without food, and this rabbi, this holy man, is tearing up one fish or a few fish and yeah. turning it into food for 5,000. That's going to mark 
the, the conversations in the next days and of weeks. Exactly. And that's, I think that's why it's in all four Gospels, because there were so many witnesses. It wasn't something, it wasn't something that, was, that was hidden or it wasn't a, a, a sleight of hand that Jesus pulled off where he kind of tricked the public or, or got them to feed themselves or something like that. No. He fed from himself, like the pelican, the image of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. He fed from himself and he gave them and they had their fill because he instructs the apostles afterwards to collect the remains. Exactly. So we go to a, to a small interruption here mm -hmm. for, for the commercials. We're going to have Father Ryan telling us about the daily um, Divine Mercy chaplet Wonderful. that we're having here in the Herald's uh, channel. And then I'm sure you're going to really, really appreciate it. And you're going to join us for sure every day at 3 p.m. E. S-T-O-D-D-T in time. One moment, and then we come back with still Takba and the part of the Sea of Galilee uh, with these phenomenal places we're going to be visiting. Salve Maria. I'm Father Ryan Murphy of the Heralds of the Gospel, and I'm delighted to extend an invitation to each and every one of you. In the midst of our busy lives, it's crucial to take a moment of reflection, of solace and of prayer. And so I would like to personally invite you to join us every day at 3 p.m. for a special and powerful devotion, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is a beautiful prayer that embodies the boundless compassion of our Lord. It's a time to come together as a community, regardless of where we are, and lift up our intentions, our hopes, and even our burdens to the heart of Jesus. Imagine all around the world, countless voices uniting in prayer at this very hour. It's a moment of connection, of spiritual unity, and of seeking God's mercy in a troubled world. So mark your calendars, set your alarms, and make a commitment to join us each day at 3 p.m. Tune in and experience the transformative power of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Let this be a sanctuary of peace amidst the noise of life. And thank you for being a part of our Heralds Canada YouTube channel. Together, let's embark on this journey of faith, hope, and mercy. I'm looking forward to praying with you every day at 3 p.m. May God's love and mercy shine upon you always. And until we meet again, May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, we were in Tapga, right in front of the Sea of Galilee. By the way, there is this small chapel I was, I was mentioning before. That's where St. Peter, where our Lord reinstates St. Peter when he says, Peter, do you love me? You love me. Wow. Three times, no? And that's where he was waiting for the apostles with some fish, no? cooking there and he asked them for to, to bring some more but the atmosphere there is absolutely fascinating brother Justin you have been there when you see the calm sea of Galilee just you know kind of washing you know, at the feet of this small chapel really the sea of Galilee has many aspects it has parts that are that are are, are more of a sea they, they have waves and surges mm -hmm. whatever. Mm. at this point it's calm very calm. Um, and you can imagine there's probably a lot of fish there. <laughs> and they pulled out 130... 153. 53 yeah. fish. Large fish. Right? Exactly. Almost breaking the, uh, the nets. Well, the Lord told them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's very nice because uh, those who are fishing a fish, when you take the fish out of the water, actually you kill the fish. But when you're fishing a man, when you take him out to the water, you're saving him. Yeah. <laughs> well, then from here, Father, we go to the Mount of Beatitudes. And that's also wow. another highlight. because, And we're still on the same day, yeah? Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount. I think Mass is going to be celebrated there on that day. And it's another phenomenal thing because you can imagine how the Sermon of the Mount was, especially because it's a slope that goes towards the Sea of Galilee, and it's just really fabulous. That's the, the, the speech that opens the uh, mission of our Lord, in which he explains what he's going to bring uh, of, 
something new of the same law yes. that was given in another mountain. Uh, now he's going to give the spirit of the law that was given in the other mountain. He's a continuator of Moses in that sense. Exactly. And he's, he's the new Moses. He was the lawgiver. Exactly. Instead of having someone else going up the mountain to bring the law down, it's God who comes down the Beautiful. mountain Beautiful. to give the law exactly. and explain it. It's um, wonderful. And the next stop after that immediately is Magdala. You know, Magdala is the place where the family of St. Mary owned places and she owned a house there. But also the place is famous because in Magdala, uh, people produced uh, some sort of um, fish sauce. So in the same way ketchup nowadays is famous and you know mm -hmm. other things well the that sauce was very very famous and made Magdala completely famous if you were going to have fish in the Roman Empire and around there it had to be with this uh, um, wonderful, wonderful. yeah and what we're going to see actually something very beautiful <laughs> there are several parts where tradition believes that our Lord walked because he you know he, he was in that town he was busy yeah And there is one part that is preserved, it's a barricade when the inhabitants revolted against the Romans. <laughs> so that, that's left there. <laughs> they barricaded themselves and probably they all died during the mm -hmm. revolt. Uh, but the barricade's still there. So it's just another thing that we, that we can visit on that day. But uh, for those more, more spiritually inclined, uh, more than history, we can see the place where Mary Magdalene, no, I mean, She, she converted, no? and she abandoned no? her yeah. bad life, and it's a very interesting point for our meditations as well. She was very rich, and she had, she had um, uh, very expensive uh, perfumes that she was buying from uh, from merchants that would go through there, and very likely she was one of the greatest clients, huh? Of the uh, of the merchant because she she was extremely rich. Yeah. Lazarus, his brother, I think, was the richest man. Uh, yeah, very likely. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, on the place, yeah, definitely. Well, wonderful. Then the trip the next day moves to another area which is more penitential, and is the area of Jericho. And why is it penitential? Because remember that our Lord spent 40 days and 40 nights mm -hmm. in retreat. Uh, and that's exactly in the Mount of Temptations, which is right in front of the leftovers of the ancient city of Jericho. Jericho is 10,000 years old, by the way. <laughs> It's wow. impressive, absolutely wow. impressive. And you can see the Mount of Temptation with your blind, your, your yes. naked eye right in front of you. It, it's an impressive mountain. It is not something... It, it, it calls to mind everything that will happen there. It's interesting because when Jesus came to Jericho in one of his trips, by the entrance he met a very poor person, the blind person. He was extremely poor because um, he was blind, he couldn't work, nothing. So he, he would leave on begging. And, uh, and he shouts, you know, um, uh, Jesus, son of David, please uh, have mercy on me. And, and Jesus cured him. So he cures at the entrance, he cures the, the, the poorest person of Jericho. Then he goes in and everybody was, you know, shouting and going together with Jesus because he had that, that, done this miracle that he was attracting the attention of the, of, of the city. And this is why Zacchaeus uh, was curious to know who is this man? You know? mm -hmm. So he goes up the sycamore tree and then Jesus converts the richest man of, the, of town. <laughs> Zacchaeus was short, he needed to climb to the tree, but you see how eager he was. Yeah. And when, when pilgrims go there, you can be reminded of how eager we have to be every day of our life no? exactly. to, to, to realize what our Lord has to say. Of course, there is a tree there. We're not going to say now that the tree is 2,000 years old, but there is a sycamore tree there oh, yes. that people pass by you know, and <laughs> have an idea of how tall and how the sycamore tree The tree, tree of the conversion of uh, Zacchaeus. Yeah. No, definitely. That was his confessional, no? <laughs> That whole story is fascinating. Also, the way that our Lord treats him. Oh, yes. Because the, the crowd wanted to lynch him because they felt he was taking advantage one more time of his situation. Mm -hmm. And our Lord defends him. Just, no, I'm going to his house for dinner. And that was the ultimate thing. Oh. Go to a person's home for dinner was an ultimate sign of respect. Exactly. Exactly. 
Jericho, by the way, is the city that uh, Joshua took first on their entrance to the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. um, they crossed the Jordan River exactly on that place, and that's why it's a sacred place for the Jewish people and also for Catholics, because, of course, uh, St. John the Baptist chose that very place where Joshua had crossed to go and baptize, which wow. is another, another conversion. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then from there, Father, we go abandon the beauty and the it, it's, it's very dry. Eh? Jericho is really you know brown as it can be. It's not for the palm trees, no. It is the, the it has, palm trees. Yes, but the desert is still is a desert. Still is a dry desert. Oh, yeah. From Jericho down, you start going, taking the slope towards the Dead Sea. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But we're going to the other, the other way around. Mm. We're going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is 700 meters high over the sea, over the sea level. So the next stop is Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, we go right in front of the place that dominates the city. And it's the chapel of Dominus Flevit. The place, very place where Jesus cried over the city of Jerusalem because of the hardness of heart of the town. No? And Jesus will use that, that uh, passage from Jericho to Jerusalem for his parable on the Good Samaritan. Exactly. So we're going to be saying the same place of the parable. But also what is fascinating about the chapel of Jesus Flevit is that it's right beside the tomb of Absalom. Wow. So in the same place where Jesus cries over the hardness of heart mm -hmm. of Jerusalem, David cried over the sins of his people. Again, that image of the Davidic king is very clear. They both uh, cried in the same place, no? over a sin committed by the people. Exactly. And in the same line, you have the city of Jerusalem, where the temple was, where the, the famous beautiful gate was, that was an explanation towards the temple. Then you have right there in front is the Mount of Olives, and a little bit higher is this place. So it's all there. It's it's. No, there is a chapel, no? Uh, the chapel they built... Do Dominus Flevit, yeah. Dominus Flevit is in the form of a... Of a, uh, of of a, of a tear. A tear. Yes. And there, we, you can celebrate Mass. Oh, and yes. we are going to celebrate Mass uh, looking to Jerusalem. Uh, the same way that Jesus was looking to Jerusalem. Same spot. It's, no, it's an impressive spot. No, it's an impressive spot. By the way, there is a, an enormous Jewish cemetery there. And the reason is that in that valley, the valley of the Kidron you know, River, mm. um, by the valley of Josaphat, that's where the, the Holy Scripture says that the final resurrection of the dead will happen. No? So presently, people in, in Jerusalem, they pay thousands and thousands of, uh, you know, <laughs> to be buried there? To, to, to have a spot there. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So that's, that, that's also really very, very beautiful because the, the scenery, it's just fantastic. Well, and this is already, you know, that day. We're going to spend five nights, actually, in Jerusalem. Yeah, so from there, really, really yeah, very interesting. Next day, it's consecrated to meditations on the agony and passion of Christ. So, again, we go to, we start the day at the Mount of Olives. Uh -huh. You know, there is a garden taken care of by the, by the Franciscans there. And there are olive trees Two of them, I think, are believed to be 2,000 years old. Wow. Because uh, wow. it takes a long time for an olive tree to grow. Yes, well, it is. Well, this one yes. in particular is huge. And this one in particular huge. is really amazing. And so you can see the peace oh. of the Garden of Olives there. But the highlight probably is the very stone, because there is a basilica built on top of this stone where our Lord shed blood uh, before the passion. Gethsemane. Hmm? Gethsemane. That night, um, the Thursday night. Hmm. Wow. And from there, Father, then our next stop is the upper room. So that's another highlight. You know, impressive is um, the place where the apostles had gathered at night. They just had gathered around Our Lady for the... The Last Supper. The days. The Last Supper, right? The, 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 last, the last Supper. <laughs> and then... Uh, on the on the Sunday night, they are at the same place, and Jesus comes and see them uh, without opening the door. No. <laughs> and a week <laughs> later will be the miracle of Thomas. Yeah, 
right? Where he says, our Lord invites him to put his hand in his side, his finger in his hand. Yeah. A week later. The belief element. The present architecture of the place comes from the times of the Crusaders, but there is something really beautiful that is in, in one of the corners, you have a most ancient, um, well, it's, 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 it's sculpted in the stone, uh, you have a pelican, no, a pelican that is feeding his little ones, of and that course. is the um, the what the, the symbolism of the Holy Eucharist, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So Wonderful. that's something worth worth seeing. Of course. And right beside tradition says that King David is buried. So that's also hmm, very. From there, we move to the place where the Dormition of Our Lady happened, eh, which is another basilica. Right behind. Really very beautiful. And from there, eh, as if it was not enough, we moved to where the palace of eh, the high priest was, where St. Peter denied our Lord, and where our Lord confronted eh, the, the, the high priest, and also he was tortured there during the night. So it's, it's very little visited, that place, but you have the dungeon where tradition tells that our Lord was thrown through oh, a hole, right? Oh. Was thrown down and was left hanging there, oh. right? And it's unbelievable. I mean, most of us read the narration of the Passion, but we don't have an idea of how the dungeon was. And we can walk right into it and see the hole, right? Oh. And that, that, that's... For, for us to have an idea of the sufferings yes, of exactly. Jesus on that night, that's his solitude, the tremendous uh, suffering that, you know, seeing all his apostles that had betrayed him and all his uh, sufferings that uh, were rejected by the people. It was just exactly. For us to have an idea on what it means, the night of the Passion, until the next day, the next morning when our Lord was judged and everything else, there is no better place to do it. So that's St. Peter in Gallicanto. And, and then we go to something that is also very amazing, is a reconstruction of the city of Jerusalem, how it was in the times of Jesus. It is a scale reconstruction, but you can actually see how the, the walls were there. Brother Justin, we didn't go together on that one, no. But the last time we went now is is fabulous. It's the Israel Museum that has done it, and it's a fantastic reconstruction. You, have, you can have an idea of how the temple looked mm-hmm. and how big the city was. And also how important the temple is, but also the Roman domination, where you have the Antonia Fortress, where Pontius Pilate used to live. You can see where the, the palace of uh, Herod uh, was. I mean, it's just f- to have an idea how it how, how the city was, there's no better place to visit. And right beside there, you have something that is also amazing. It is the most important discovery of what uh, the archaeological discovery of the of history is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh yes, in they are some of them are shown in the um, Israel Museum right oh. beside this uh, this outdoors reconstruction of the city. So we're able to go there and see some some of them. Some of the scrolls we can see. Yes. Uh, wow. But allow, allow me to continue with the itinerary because there is a surprise in the last day, which is really fabulous. Related to this, we, we go back soon. All right. So from there, we go then to do something very beautiful, which is to visit the Church of St. Anne, where tradition tells that Our Lady, you know, there was a house of Our Lady, and also are the pools of Bethesda, where Our Lord cured that person that, you know, he was always anxious to get to the water. The pools of Bethesda was that place where, no, Father? Stirred by the angels. Yes, yes, the, the, uh, the miracle of the... Uh, that man that, um, that that couldn't go to the water because somebody else would come <laughs> and Jesus cured him. Uh, 35 years or mm-hmm. so, no, waiting there and waiting and waiting, mm-hmm. he couldn't. Okay, so so we go also to those ruins that are really very... very showing good. that he is much him, more than, than he, the yes. So Mary was born, was born there, no? Mary, uh, very likely Mary was born in, uh, in Jerusalem, in that place. Huh? That's fantastic. And from there we do the way of the cross. Huh? Nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from there we go and actually follow eh, all the stations yeah. of the cross, mm-hmm. moving from uh, the place where our Lord was uh, charged to... 
right the very part of the the burial of our lord the the holy sepulcher and so we do the 14 stations of the cross right crossing you know all the all the old city of jerusalem that may be the, the first one who did it no Mary uh yeah well lady started that tradition yes, she, she started the tradition she went to the same places hmm? so she and, she also did that this uh, pilgrimage oh, absolutely but she brought that with her uh when she moved to Ephesus oh really and that's ah. where it kind of got out of the middle the the, the holy land area yes. and it moves into the church mm-hmm. as such so when we had the council of Ephesus and Nestorius uh decided to denigrate our lady there were tremendous protests in the streets because someone had denied our lady her proper title as the god carrier oh. the theotokos so there's a link between that in the in the way of the cross mm-hmm. now when you go in inside the basilica of the holy sepulcher it's already an experience in itself I mean, um, you know, because it was so close, the place where our Lord uh, was actually nailed to the cross. That has one chapel right beside when the cross was elevated. You still have the hole that they use. So you can actually pray there. You can touch, you know, the hole where the cross had been had been placed. Wow. Um, you walk a little bit further down and you have the place where tradition tells us that Our Lady was standing oh, and watching. She was there. Yeah. Until they allowed her wow. to to get closer to the cross, yeah. the holy women were praying from there, and in some meters to there, you have the actual holy sepulcher. And there's where Jesus said, uh, "Woman, this is your son." Huh? That place. Huh? That's all. Oh, it's impressive. It's oh, overwhelmingly it's amazing. Something yes. we have to tell the pilgrims that come with us: you have to come pre- prepared. To cry. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. overwhelming. It, no, no, it, it, it is. It's just so it much, is. and you need to sometimes to stop, wash your face, and realize because it's also numbing in a certain sense that in front of you you can see all these places that are the the real ones. Yes, it's not a shrine that shows like no. it's a copy. It is it. You have to you know pick up of your course, hand and go. Hey, listen, this is it. No, this is the place. And then when you go inside of the of the holy sepulchre, that's also something. Hmm? Imagine, but Justin, we were talking about the uh, pilgrims, no? And if you remember, when we go down yeah. into the crypt that is called the crypt of Saint Ellen, for instance, you have <coughs> crosses of this size, no, carved in the wood really. by hundreds of generations of pilgrims, medieval pilgrims. That when they arrived there, they had a tradition. They would sculpt this this cross, and you have hundreds of them in the stone on wow. every every different level. every level. Oh, yes, amazing. So when we go down, we actually go to the place where Saint Helen discovered the true cross. The cross, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And there, there was a miracle to prove which of the three was oh, yes. was the one of Jesus. So how is it, Father? I think people are going no, to. Well, I'm going to tell you there. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, if you want to know the, the story, come sign up for the pilgrimage. It was the the the, the bishop of Jerusalem who decided. Well, we need to have a miracle to uh, to to know which of the three crosses is the one of Jesus. And there was a, a sick lady that uh, that they, they they brought him there. They said, "Well, let's ask God. You know, the one that uh, she will touch and will get cured. That's the one." And she did, no? She, she she touched one, two, three, and the third cross, the one of Jesus. She got. Father, killed. by the way, she touched one and got worse. So that was the. Oh really? Yeah, that, 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 that was the, <laughs> that was a bad thing. <laughs> the bad thing. <laughs> she touched the other one, she got better. Okay. And the third one, she got cured. She completely cured. <laughs> so oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> So, Father, we're in day seven of of ten days, and I think we're running out of time already. Yes. So, we have to insist that people need to go to the to the uh, to the link here and join us in this pilgrimage. But before we go, we have to tell you the next part, which is not the final one. You have to figure out uh, there in the itinerary that there are many more things to visit. But this one is the Grotto of the Nativity. So we have the Basilica of the Nativity built on top of it, and it's the cave where our Lord was born. Silent night, huh? mm. beautiful night. Huh? That, that's uh, the mass that is celebrated there all year round. Is uh-huh. the mass of Christmas? 
Christmas mask. Of course. Because it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> but there's some other beautiful elements about you'll see there from the basilica. Mm. One is a lot of sheep. They have a ton uh. of sheep there. And at that time, the sheep that were offered in the temple only came from Bethlehem. Oh. So again, we have the Lamb of God. We have exactly. the image of the Lamb of God. Exactly. The, the town of David, sheep from this town were the ones exclusively for the temple. Mm-hmm. Our and Lord, being born there, tells us something else. And the supreme good shepherd was born there, no? Yeah. So it it, it's, it's got so many tie-ins, so fascinating. No, really phenomenal. Well, we're running out of time. We have to go. There is still, we could talk about the, the, the Church of the Visitation. We still could talk about the field of the shepherds. We still could talk about, I mean, so many places that we're going to be visiting. Yeah. Best advice <clears throat> to the, the ones watching the, the episode up. today, sign up. Don't miss out. Reserve your place now. Well, I would say that, you know, this is something that cannot be compared to anything else any other trip in your life cannot be compared to no. this one. This is the trip of your life that I think with today's conditions uh, for a Catholic, this is the trip that he has to do, to, to do. He has to go to the Holy Land at least once in his life to be able to say to our Lord Jesus Christ, I was there. I was there. So this is something extraordinary that uh, will mark your life forever. And... Um, I'm father, sorry to interrupt, but also when uh, you finish a trip is when the actual trip starts. Because then when you come exactly. back, you know, now you start to meditate more. Now your prayers are much more enriched. Now you really want to know more about the, the places you visit, be, visited because you can, you know, you can go 30 times there and, 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 you know, you still can visit more. You begin so, to be able to relate better. Of course, the you're attending to mass next time. It will be different Absolutely. when you start uh, reading a passage of the gospel. Everything you have another gospel. flavor. It's different. No, you, your your life will change with a trip like this. Father, so, a blessing to the pilgrims. <laughs> yes, to all those who who can go and. Uh, all God who will give us the pleasure to come with us. So please go down to the notes of the program, find out everything, sign up, places are filling up quickly, and if for some reason you listen to this episode and already this trip we're announcing uh, is already finished and we don't have more space, don't worry, there are many, many other pilgrimages we're going to be organizing, but don't miss this one because we will never know when the, the next one is going to be. And the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.